you know, what I'll tell you is education learning is, is your competitive advantage as an SE, right? So being smarter than your competitor is, is what allows you to be better at your job and the company to have better products positioned in the marketplace. You know, to be honest, the way that I keep up with our changing technology, which changes all the time because we're always innovating, is by really understanding how the products play into the overall landscape. Hey everyone, George Soto here, and you're tuning into Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by J.R. Goldman, who's a lead sales engineer for the U.S. Commercial Division at Citrix. How are you, J.R.? Hey, George. Thanks for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for helping us really evangelize and learn and teach, of course, uh, as much as we can about sales engineering and the whole pre-sales movement. So really appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. I live it every day and, uh, you know, it's an interesting career path. So it's it's been a fun ride so far. I've been doing it for about eight years now. Awesome. Well, why don't you take a quick second to kind of just tell us a little bit about your career background and how do you actually get into sales engineering? And I got to give you a shout out for being a Seminole as well. We were chatting a little bit before some of the best years of my life. So yeah, go, go, go Noles, man. Yeah, for looking sure. for that, uh, that <laughs> comeback one of these years soon. So um, yeah, a little bit about me, you know, currently a, a lead sales engineer at Citrix based in South Florida, covering commercial and what we call high, high touch accounts, essentially. So kind of a, a mix of different uh, customer sizes. You know, I've, I've been doing this now for eight years. Um, how I got into sales engineering is kind of an interesting story. A lot of folks become SEs because they have a technical passion and a technical path. And I, I, I didn't really have that. I was just curious. So I, uh, I started my career around like 13 years old, probably, probably shouldn't say that, but I actually grew up as a blue collar worker. I learned how to weld and work with metal and, you know, spent my summers working in a factory in South Florida for, for years and years and years. And then that turned into quality control and that turned into sales because I could actually explain the products at a technical level and simplify it to customers. Uh, and fast forward, I ended up at FSU as a, you know, a business major and doing my MBA. I had some sales jobs throughout the way because I really, I really like sales. I actually attended a, uh, a job fair for our, for our engineering program. And I was a business major, so I, I didn't really have much business being there, but you know, I kind of snuck into this job fair uh, bumped into Citrix and told them, Hey, you know, I've got this background in sales and manufacturing. And, you know, is there a position for that? And they said, well, we have this thing called a sales engineer. And I said, that's interesting. Kind of sounds like what I'm doing, you know, or what I had been doing, which is taking products and understanding them at a technical level. And then, you know, using that to sell and, uh, you know, long story short, I ended up working at Citrix as an SE and kind of found my passion in doing so. So <laughs> fun story. Awesome. Now, are you working on a variety of different products or do you kind of focus on any any particular? I mean, Citrix has tons of SKUs, you know, really yeah. big company software. You know, I know you do have some hardware as well, right? We do. Yeah. So hardware, software, cloud, virtualization, cybersecurity and user computing is kind of the space. You know, if, if I had to sum up what Citrix 
did in, in kind of, you know, a quick blurb, it's Citrix at the end of the day is a delivery company, right? We take what the customer has and we securely deliver it to end users. And really that's been critical with work from home and has kind of been our story for the last 30 years. So it's been an interesting time. Um, you know, we were well-equipped to handle the work from home environment. My daily job as an SE, I'm what we call a core SE. So I cover all the products all the SKUs, professional services, you name it. So um, that that sales background helped a lot because really I just had to learn the technology and being publicly traded, you know, the products change every quarter. And so there's a lot to learn and a lot to consume and keep up with between our products and the industry. But yeah, I, I cover everything under the sun that Citrix sells. And how do you do that effectively? I mean, I know that SEs struggle with one product and I guess you have been there for eight years, so you've been able to see a lot of the yeah. different products. But any tips that you would give to a sales engineer who covers multiple products around just really kind of staying um, staying ahead of the curve and and really being able to you know to to perform well? That's that's a good thought exercise. Um, you know what I'll tell you is education learning is is your competitive advantage as an SE, right? So being smarter than your competitor is, is what allows you to be better at your job and the company to have better products positioned in the marketplace. You know, to be honest, the way that I keep up with our changing technology, which changes all the time because we're always innovating, is by really understanding how the products play into the overall landscape, right? You know, when a customer comes to us and they talk buzzwords, business continuity, cloud, DR, security, infrastructure as a service, how do we handle that from our product perspective? And so what I try to do is really just understand what the industry is doing and all these different emerging trends, because you know Citrix, obviously there's folks way up the chain who are smarter than me and investing in that area. Uh, and, and sometimes it feels like they know something that you don't. So trying to keep up with that is really how I learned the, the technology. As it relates to our own products, a lot of it just comes on from in-job experience, right? You know, you, you learn all the marketing, you learn all the enablement that they provide. There's tons of training to, you know, Citrix is great at, at providing enablement. So no shortage of trainings. You do have to do a lot of it on your personal time, but where it really sticks is when you're talking to a customer, you're doing your discovery and they mention something or say something that, you know, maybe you just you think about that PowerPoint slide or that training that you had to, you had to attend. And then you're like, okay, I, you know, maybe I'm not the expert at this now. Let's set up a follow-up meeting, another touch point. I'm, I'm going to, you know, come back with a, an answer for you, right? I'm not going to answer incorrectly. I'm not going to give you a wrong answer. And we'll talk about it. And that customer will then decide or help me decide what the most important thing is because it's important to them. So if it's important to them, it's important to me to learn it, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I chat with sales engineering leaders and ICs uh, every day. And it's, uh, <laughs> I've had the pleasure of, of uh, learning a heck of a lot uh, over the last couple, you know, certainly the, the last couple of months. And, you know, I've been on the sales side working with SEs in the past, but this is definitely a different dynamic. I feel like I'm slowly gaining, gaining credibility to hang out with you, uh, USCs. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is how to drive a, a culture of excellence, right, within teams. And, you know, it ultimately feels like it ultimately is all about 
the the leader. But I think that a lot of the perspectives I've been getting lately have been around like leaders talking about driving excellence. And I kind of wanted to flip it. And, and from you as a, as a, you know, an IC right now, that's been in the game for a while and particularly working with an organization for quite a long time relative to, you know, now folks are like, you know, getting a new job every year. Yeah, what right. would you say based on what you've experienced is the the best way to develop that culture of excellence. Yeah. You know, for sure, as much as I love to think, you know, top-down approach and the business really drives, you know, that that culture, a lot of it comes from the ground up and, you know, how SEs are interacting with customers and pushing that information up the chain because, you know, we're the face of the business, we're the face of the product, we're the face of the technology. So everything around sales and the sales organization is is there to support us, right, the, the field. And so to build a good culture, I think it really starts with trust, right, where SE leadership and leadership in general trust that they hired the right people to do the job that they hired them to do. And they give them that autonomy to be able to be flexible, to uh, to try new things, to be creative, you know, to, to assume that they're going to basically be the quarterback of their own territory and kind of learn what they need to learn to, to get the edge. So I think trust and, and having trust in your team rather than, you know, kind of uh, maybe forcing one school of thought, you know, or, or, or hairpinning someone into like a, a particular mindset, you know, you hired the right people to do that job, you know, let them shine on their own, let them find their own voice, let them be creative and let them give you feedback, right? Like what's working, what's not working? Is there too many enablements? There's not enough enablements. What are customers seeing? How does that relate to the product roadmap? What challenges do we have in pre-sales? What challenges do we have in post-sales, right? As we try to drive adoption, is it is it support? Is it, you know, consulting? Um, but listening to the feedback that we provide and trusting they'll get the job done is really, I think what we do well and is what has built a good culture at Citrix but also something that any company can work on, you know, is that, that ground up approach rather than that top down push. Awesome. Now, are there any like workflows that you can think of that have really helped align sales and sales engineers? You know how it is. Sales is asking for crazy things and they don't have a clue. A lot of them, I won't say all of them, but a lot of them don't really understand and uh, alignment seems to be a, a hot topic. And of course, this happens across you know every organization. But anything that you've seen that has really moved the needle, particularly around deal qualification. So, hey, you know we're not going to bring an SE in until this is uh, apparent, right? Uh, and then also customizing demos, right? Everyone wants a customized demo. The reality is we can't do it for everyone, right? Yeah. You know, as far as workflows, right? I mean, when when you're working with an account manager or an account team, right? You may you may have a, an entire team around you, overlay products and specialists and whatnot. I mean, really, the whole company is sort of at your disposal if you if you build the right relationships and you know how to network. And you know, the workflows are super important, and they start at the local team level. Um, you know, the dynamic that an SE has with their account manager. Um, I, I'm mapped to two reps, so I have two account managers. You know, we talk six times a day, texting constantly throughout the day. You know, it's it's not necessarily an overshadowing thing, but trusting that they can stay in their lane and run their business and and prospect and work on proposals and, and do what they need to do to help kind of generate activity in the account. 
and I can focus on, you know, maybe something, whether it's POCs or demos or building relationships from the technical level, you know, materializing the product, learning the product, uh, you know, demonstrating the product, all of those things. So a lot of what I do is just general enablement to my account managers, trying to make sure that, you know, they're not going off on their own because I trust that they'll do it, but I, I want to make sure that they know how to have a technical conversation intelligently you know, that I, I don't necessarily have to be a part of, right? Because if they can do that, we can divide and conquer. We can be a lot more effective. You know, having a sales background certainly helps, you know, as an SE, you're, you're part S and you're part E, right? I mean, there's a sales part to it. You know, as far as workflows within the company, if you think of the product as kind of the vehicle that guides the entire company's direction, you know, you have to know where to look, right? When when things aren't working or when things could be better, uh, it could be product management. And sometimes a lot of it is just, you know, when we get back to uh, the real world, right? You know, in-person conferences, in-person meetings, you know, take time to meet some, some folks on teams that you wouldn't normally talk to or wouldn't normally interact with, build some good relationships there and, you know, buy them a drink, you know, ask some questions about what they do. And, you know, you'd be surprised, right? A lot of them are looking for feedback especially product managers of where to take the direction of the product. And they want feedback from how customers are using it successfully. Where do they get that? They get that from the field. They get that from SEs, right? But, you know, if they don't have that relationship or they don't know who to go to, you know, it makes their job a lot harder. So I think those workflows are really, you know, as you spider web out into the, into the company and build these, these strong networks, you'll find that you're getting a lot more help and you can even delegate a lot of things a lot easier because, you know, trust me, there's a lot to do in this job. It's a busy job. Um, you know, it, it's always about finding that balance um, and really finding what information you need at the right time. Awesome. And how much time are you spending on like actually creating demos, particularly on the software side? Everyone wants to see the features and the integrations and et cetera. You know, are you, would you say that's like a 50, 50, 70, 30? So I think some of the best demos come from when you're delivering a demo, it feels custom, but maybe behind the scenes, it's a little bit pre-prepared. And what I mean by that is, you know, even if I've shown this demo a hundred times, I tell it in a different approach every time, depending on that discovery, depending on what the customer tells us their pain points are, what their business drivers are, what they need, right? You know, I could be showing and clicking on the same exact buttons and having kind of an end goal in mind, but also understanding that I have to tie this in to this customer's use case for it to be effective. So, you know, how much time do I spend building demos? I spend a lot of time thinking about how to make my demos better. Um, you know, I, I, I have my go-to demos. I think part of this, this job is just being adaptable and being able to pull up a demo on the fly and you know, sometimes the demo gods are nice and sometimes the demo gods, uh, you know, will take will it down. Yeah. yeah, they take it down, right? When yeah. you're doing a live demo. No such thing like a live demo. So, um, you, you know, you never know, but having backup plans, having preparedness, you know, contingencies, right? If I can't demo, can I whiteboard? If I can't whiteboard, can I pull up a slide deck and an architecture? Um, and in the demo, what am I trying to accomplish, right? Because I'm not just trying to show features. If I'm just showing features, I'm really not doing the product justice. And it's not a solution at that point. You know, the solution is what does the customer need? And so 
my goal is always to really refine my demos as best I can, especially as we get these new products um, and look for creative ways to, to tie in something that maybe, you know, marketing didn't think of, right. When they put together the initial demo script or something that we might've all received. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what would you say like the top 1% of sales engineers look like, like what do they do that <laughs> the others don't? Uh, the top one, uh, they, they probably have, you know, expensive watches. They probably have uh, dressy clothes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What do they look like? You know, I, I think what do they do, right, is is being adaptable for sure. Um, you know, a lot of times early in my career, I would say this, you know, I used to over prepare for meetings and I I'd, I'd build these complex presentations and I'd have all these backup plans and just in case and you know, I'd really try and like, if we're going to get this point across, like I'd build a whole story around that point. And then we get to the meeting and we didn't even talk about it, right? Because it wasn't important to the customer. So being a good SE is as much about being adaptable to those situations as it is, you know, being creative and really just kind of doing the active listening piece where, you know, they're going to tell you something. Like if you're doing a demo, for instance, and the customer says, hey, you know, could you go back or, you know, what, what was that again? stop what you're doing and listen, right? Because what they're about to tell you, that next piece is the most important thing. It's not about what you were planning Absolutely. to show them. It's not about what, you know, the outcome of this demo is because what you have in your head and what, what they're telling you might be two different things. And what's important to them, you know, they're giving you that information if you listen to it. So I think being adaptable, being creative, I think another part of it too is like as SEs, I've seen, you know, going back to the, the part S, part E is there's a sales component to this job. And so being a people person and, and being curious by nature, right? Listening and, and inquiring. And if someone, if you're asking discovery questions, it's not just because these are the questions I have to ask to tie it into the product, but like, why is the business doing something the way they are? Or why aren't they doing something a different way? Um, and if they're doing it one way, is it working? Is it not working? So being curious by nature, I think is something that will really benefit you in this line of work um, and just kind of keep, keep asking, right? You know, like have a vested interest in the customer success um, and in doing so, everything will just kind of flow and tie in, you know, take their words and use it in your demo, you know, and that's how you do really effective uh, sales pitches essentially. Awesome. Well, you know, I hear a lot about the roadmap and the insights that the SEs can provide, like anything that you've seen that works pretty effectively around being able to influence the product roadmap in a, in a really elegant way, anything that you saw, you were like, okay, that worked, you know? So we have kind of a funny process for product roadmap uh, requests. We call them RFE, request for enhancement. You know, everything's an acronym. Um, and basically the process is we, we create this, this request in Salesforce, that's what we use as our CRM. It gets tagged to a product, it gets assigned to a product manager. And then, you know, think of like social media where it's all about the cloud and you've got to get your likes and your, you know, your hearts and your tags and your saves and your shares. You know, we as SEs kind of have to materialize among our team, among the greater team, among the geo, potentially see if there's other folks who might need this feature, if there's other customers who are asking for this or, or whatnot. And some, some part of it is reactive where a customer will just say, Hey, 
does the product do this? And the answer is, you know, hey, it doesn't do that today. I can create this request. You know, we have a, a really good system. You know, we obviously take customer feedback very seriously. And I can then promote it among fellow SEs and try and you know, get this built into the roadmap. And some of it just comes from, hey, wouldn't it be cool if when I'm showing this demo or talking to a customer, if I could do that? And I know we can't do that today. And maybe the customer didn't ask for it, but like what I'm hearing and what they're saying, it would be a really cool use case. And so we kind of just, we kind of just market, right? I mean, we kind of go to, you know, pound reply all, right? And, and you know, we're, 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 we're pinging other SEs on, on Teams and Slack and over email and texting on, hey, can you promote my RFE? Can you go into Salesforce and give it a thumbs up and tie an opportunity to it? And that really helps a lot. The other part of it too, and I, I've actually found this to be a more effective way is getting the product managers involved, right? I mean, PMs are going to come up with a roadmap based on what executive and ELT and engineering is telling them they need to do. And, and as a tech company, you have to realize a lot of it is just responding, right? You know, we, we want to have new features and shiny new things, but we also need stability in the product. Like if we're releasing products constantly, we have to have stability. So there's a lot of catch up in the product management roadmap. And sometimes they don't get to do the fun new things that they want to do because they're worried about things like break fix, right? Uh, or bugs or whatnot, you know, it's technology, it's always evolving. So getting the product management involved, and again, this goes back to building your network, have them hop on a call with you and a customer where you're going to be talking about a specific product or a specific use case, let them hear firsthand and get them excited so they can get their team excited and maybe put it in the roadmap, you know, without going through a formal process, uh, just based on the fact that this is what they're hearing now directly from the customer versus, you know, it's, it's tied to an opportunity and, you know, there's some text around it, right? It's more impactful that way. Awesome. JR, thank you so much for your time. Very much yeah. appreciated. And I know uh, it's, it's getting later here in the afternoon. So I very much, uh, you know, value your, uh, you know, your attention. Um, if, uh, if folks want to follow you on social media or maybe reach out, maybe there are new job opportunities there, maybe pick your brain for some uh, expertise or insights around sales engineering. What are the best URLs or channels to reach you? Yeah, I'd say I'm big on LinkedIn. Um, you know, LinkedIn is definitely a, a great resource for me. I use it all the time. I stalk customers on there. I, I get a lot of intel from there about competitors and learn a lot. But uh, LinkedIn, look up J.R. Goldman, or I believe it's linkedin.com slash Jordan R. Goldman um, is how you can find me. And always happy to help, you know, especially if you're looking into getting to become a sales engineer, you're trying to understand maybe if that's the right career path for you. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to listen and, and, and maybe help you, you know, tell you why it's such an awesome job and, and please feel free to reach out. Sales engineers love their job. I got to yeah. say, I haven't heard now, maybe they're just, you know, the ones who hate it are not telling me, but, <laughs> but I hear that all the time. Why it's such an awesome job. I, that statement I hear all the time, JR, go Knowles. Thank you go so Knowles, much. Man. And uh, maybe we'll see each other at a sales engineering conference or something. We'll try to do something here in Florida. Hey, sounds good, George. I appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Thanks.